Good evening, I'm Angela Coca. You're listening to On Point. A couple of times a week, we check in with Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Tom, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thank you, Angela. I always encourage people to check out the website, blacklocks.ca. They have a chance to see some stories that they might not see anywhere else, such as tax corruption talk twisted. Love the headline. What's the story, Tom? Oh, uh, Minister of Revenue, Diane Lavotelia, telling the House of Commons that uh, allegations of, uh, let's call it what it is, corruption at high levels of the Canada Revenue Agency, unproven claims, but serious and amazingly detailed allegations were twisted. She made a very awkward reference to Mental Health Week, had to apologize, but didn't get it done in terms of answering the specific allegations, which are hair-raising. These are senior managers who allege that, a, in one case, a former assistant revenue commissioner named Ted Gallivan went to bat for an unidentified corporation approving a tax settlement that was a multi-million dollar benefit to this company that other staff objected to and were told, quote, unquote, Ted wants it done. MPs from all parties have a lot of questions about this, Angela, and uh, a vote is pending in the Commons Finance Committee to get to the bottom of it. So this came from a whistleblower then, as you're saying, senior managers were saying this? These are whistleblower complaints that were put to paper with names, addresses, and phone numbers. So serious complaints, not street rumors, that uh, that were wound up being disclosed through a series of mishaps unrelated to the whistleblowers themselves uh, in federal court, where anyone could see them over 2,000 pages. They are absolutely blood-curdling. The implication of the allegations is that if you know the right guy to call in Ottawa, you can arrange a favorable multi-million dollar tax settlement. If you're a student who just got audited on your moving receipts, tough luck for you. (laughs) There's a lot of questions, Angela. So go back though. So the revenue minister is told about this and and you're saying her reaction is, is to dismiss it? Absolutely dismissive. She says, and this is the official cabinet line, but this is always the first line of defense. There's nothing to this. Everything is fine. The allegations were disproven, but no one can see those investigative reports. And there is now federal court litigation about this. The problem, what, what makes this one different is the source. So these were lifelong Canada Revenue Agency employees. These are managers in the tax department. They worked there for years, their whole lives, saying, I was told to rubber stamp, quote unquote, in internal documents, rubber stamp a sweetheart tax deal on the say-so of an assistant revenue commissioner who said he just wanted it done. It was cursory. It was expensive to the taxpayer, and it was unfair. That's the allegation. So do opposition MPs have to just keep hounding the revenue minister and the Liberal government to make sure that there is a thorough investigation into these claims? We have to be frank. The revenue minister has been on the job for seven years, not a go-getter. That's why they've kept her in that position. Diane Mm. Levitelier has never been accused of being the real firecracker in cabinet. She's a pretty pedantic, plodding minister. So who do they want to question? His name is Bob Hamilton. He's the commissioner of revenue. He's the guy who runs the department that has 
the, the largest civilian workforce of any federal department in a, uh, or agency, 45,000. Only the Army is bigger. MPs will have a motion in the Finance Committee. They want to get Commissioner Bob Hamilton to come down and explain what the hell is happening in his international tax division. We'll see if the motion passes. I think there's enough votes to get that passed. Oh, they got to get to the bottom of that one. Um, All right. We are always concerned about our privacy, especially when it comes to our cell phones and and what telecom companies can collect and what they do with it. This came up in the House of Commons in one of the committees. Tell me about this. This is the Commons uh, Ethics Committee that looked into proven allegations. It was demonstrated that the, of all people, the Public Health Agency of Canada paid for mobility data on millions of people uh, through their cell phones. This is the ping, ping, ping that you get as you're driving along the highway past cell towers. Why would the public health agency of all people want that data? They said it was for monitoring of lockdown orders during the pandemic. Well, this comes out last Christmas when there's an ordinary notice to contractors to extend this data scoop for five years, and MPs got very upset. What did they discover? You know, when you sign your cell phone contract, who reads the fine print? You need a magnifying uh, lens. But if you do read the very fine print, it says your, your telecom provider can do whatever they want with that data without your express consent if it's aggregated. That is, I can't say what Angela is doing as she drives to on this road on that day. But if I put together uh, six million motorists in a service area, I can sell that data. MP said that's enough of that. There has to be informed consent. Informed consent, absolutely crucial. You have to ask permission of every single cell phone user. That's 33 million people in this country. And you have to put limits on the sale of that information. It's wide open right now. It it is virtually no regulation of that. MPs on the Ethics Committee saying, change the law, get on it. I have to say, if I'm part of a larger group of data, as long as you're letting me know, fine. But as you say, they aren't even letting you know at this point, so that definitely has to change. We still have lots of questions, Tom, when it came to the government's decision to freeze accounts uh, with the Freedom Convoy back in January and February. You've got uh, new information on that. Came out in uh, the special committee that is looking into the Emergency Act a decree. This is an all-party committee of MPs and senators. And what they learned in testimony last night was the Department of Finance never really checked to see if anyone made a mistake. Hundreds of accounts were frozen, commercial accounts, individual accounts of Freedom Convoy sympathizers. These were people who could have been on RCMP blacklist or it could have just been their local bank manager being a busybody. The accounts were unfrozen on February 23rd. But the Bankers Association testified those customers are marked for life. So MPs were curious to know, what if you made a mistake? What if a bank made a mistake and froze an account of someone who had nothing to do with the Freedom Convoy? And the Department of Finance says, we never checked on that. We're sure bankers acted in good faith. (laughs) Do you know any bankers? What? 
would lead you to that conclusion. It was a touching act of naivete, but we also have to say a really collegial relationship between cabinet, the Department of Finance, and the bankers. The MPs, senators, and the truckers were on the outs with cabinet, but if you're in the Bankers Association, you know just who to call. But again, when we talked about the Emergencies Act and the fact that there's going to be an inquiry, to me, this would also be something that would have to be revealed or we'd have to dig into that because that was a huge part of the Emergencies Act when you started hearing bank accounts being frozen. It was it was one of the main purposes of the entire exercise. But what no one has figured out, Angela, is why. What was the point of it? And in the case of the Credit Union Association, uh, this was their national CEO testified in a committee. This was back in March. They had millions withdrawn by depositors who had nothing to do with the Freedom Convoy and whose accounts were not going to be frozen. And their, they, their heads exploded. They freaked out they, to, to learn for the first time that a Canadian cabinet could order someone's account frozen for no reason without notice and no court order. That was a brave new world that that was quite startling to a lot of people. Angela, there are many parallel investigations going on now. They will get to the bottom of it. It will not be pretty. Thank you for bringing it to our attention, Tom, as always. Thanks, Angela. Tom Korsky, Managing Editor of Blacklock's Reporter. You're listening to On Point.